Yo, 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 yo. What's good? What's good, survivors? This is Rich. This is your boy, Rich, a.k.a. Boylord, a.k.a. DJ, DJ Boylord. And I got absolutely nothing going on for a Tuesday, March 15th. I always have that pause. You'll hear me in like every single episode so far be like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Today, uh, for today, um, hmm, uh, I usually know what day it is, but the date, forget about it. (laughs) That noise is me pulling down my taskbar on my phone or looking at my computer or looking at the calendar so that I actually know what day it is. But, um, got a little something going on. Not me, uh, personally, a little something going on today, uh, but it's in the fam. It's in the fam dam. My uh, mother has had her uh, mastectomy. She had breast cancer surgery today. And um, I'll get to more about that in uh, in the first section. Here, then I got an article that I want you guys uh, to hear a little bit about. It says uh, what, sh- what you should and shouldn't say to a breast cancer patient now I have said some of these things and uh, now I now I fucking feel bad (laughs) as I should anyway uh, you want to know those sort of things so we'll get to that a little bit later and then also since this is such like a personal episode um, yeah I'm gonna have a little bit of music that's personal and then also, uh, I've got a little, a, uh, just a, a tag on at the end. I want to tell you about a friend of mine who's on a podcast that I heard recently and uh, a good friend of mine. And she is a wonderful artist, uh, awesome human being, really, like, really smart. And, um, and yeah, she had a very heartfelt chat on another podcast, a very much more well-produced podcast in this one. Uh, I thought about having her on this one at some future point, you know, to talk about things and maybe we still will. Who knows? But, uh, for the time being, she, uh, she was on this other podcast and kind of told her story. And, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you all a little more about that and then where you can find that, uh, later in the show. So, yeah, thanks for joining us, us, the the editorial, the royal, us. Thanks for tuning in here on Anchor FM. Uh, don't forget to send us some messages. Um, anchor.fm forward slash A-N-G-O. Richard Ometry on the Instas and Richardography on Tweezies. So, uh, yeah, without further adjua, let's go ahead and start this damn show. Mm. Uh, that song, The if you want to hear more, go check out McCoy. Uh, that song's called Fuck Cancer. I actually played that song with Mr. McCoy himself several times. We had a little... Tried to throw together a little thing 
buddy of mine got me into this band formation of a band. Um, my buddy Alex McCoy from out in Austin, Texas. He's from uh, South Carolina originally, I think. But in any case, uh, the song Fuck Cancer was about his uh, his grandfather that had cancer. And uh, yeah, so it's a pretty simple song. Just a couple of verses and a, and a chorus over and over. But I always enjoyed singing it and playing it. I played bass in that uh, that group. We were called Prince of Wales. <laughs> uh, the reason I'm laughing is because it's a play on words. It's a Prince, P-R-I-N-T-S, of Wales, like W-H-A-L-E-S, like, like a huge seafaring mammal. Prince of Wales. Uh, we call ourselves, uh, what did my buddy say? Kings of melodrama. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> It was a it was a fun little thing while it lasted, but um, I thought that music would be appropriate for this show today. But uh, okay, so let's start back at the beginning of this story. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I, had a baby girl about six months ago, back in September, and my folks had come out to Austin. We were living in Austin, Texas at the time, and my folks had come out to visit. <clears throat> and kind of help with things around the house as we were in the process of uh, packing up to move. Uh, we ended up having to switch gears and move all the way here to Florida, uh, in part because of this specific situation. Um, but, hey, you know, we're turning a corner here today, and uh, who knows what the future is going to hold. But uh, my mother was out, my very, very, very pregnant overdue wife, and her went out for uh, went out to uh, run some errands. My mother slips and falls off. A, she was trying to get. They were parked up next to a curb, and she was trying to get in the car. Slipped off the slipped on the curb, like stepping down off the curb, and fell into another vehicle that I guess was somehow just over the curb or something like that, and broke her arm, her right arm. And so, uh, we went to the hospital. Luckily it was the same hospital was supposed to have the baby in because she ended up being there <laughs> for like 11 days, which the baby came in that time. We actually even went home from the hospital with the baby. We stayed there a couple, maybe I think two or three nights after uh, the baby came and went home and it was still like two more days before my mother came home. I felt so bad. Um, but in any case, she, I mean, I felt bad, but I also, there was like so much, so much going on. I was out of my, I was out of my fucking mind. But, um, so she goes, she's going to have to have a surgery to fix this arm that she broke. She broke it good. And, uh, so a few days later they decide, Hey, we'll keep her at the hospital. We're going to do the surgery here and uh just do it all while she's here because it was broke it was like full-on broke and uh and so the everything comes down to the day of the surgery we're all we're waiting <clears throat> down in the cafeteria and we get a call about an i don't know half hour to an hour after she goes back and uh i guess they were just getting ready to they were prepping her for surgery and getting ready to wheel her in and they said they found uh, some, a worrying mass on her left 
side and um, in the breast, of course, breast cancer is what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, so that day was like the worst day in the most stressful time that I've ever been in ever. You know, I had a huge back surgery two, three years ago, three years ago now. Well, October will be three years, but it's only March. So, um, so I had a pretty big back surgery in that same hospital, did very well. Um, but in any case, this day was the worst and anybody who's ever a family member or maybe it was you that got a diagnosis like this, you, the, I mean, the world just spirals. <laughs> it's like, uh, very hard, a lot of dry mouth, um, thinking about, you know, what the fuck could be happening. But, you know, they were taking her into surgery. They said, can we do a biopsy? They're taking her into surgery. Uh, and so we weren't going to get the results from that for, you know, at least after the surgery, you know, so we're waiting. The surgery, I think, took like three hours, two or three hours. And, uh, <clears throat> but that whole day was just like ruined and we were, you know, my dad was there. My wife was there. It was devastating day. And, um, <clears throat> so at that point, you know, they did the biopsies, the biopsy, that one didn't work, had to do another one. So several days later, we come to find out it's a rare, it's a more rare type of cancer that she has and, um, very beatable. So, but, uh, that doesn't mean that she wasn't going to have to do chemo and all kind of other stuff. So she, they came back, uh, back here to Florida after that and began, uh, prepping for the process of that and actually had one can one, <laughs> one, uh, chemo. Thank you. Treatment. Right before we got here, we, moved, we were moving here, and right before we got here, she had the first treatment. So she went through six treatments. They reached th about three weeks apart. Um, that took quite a while, as you can imagine. Very, uh, It was very aggressive, so it was very difficult for her. Um, the, the first week after was always the worst, and then the following two weeks, she kind of came out of it. But just to go back into it. But uh, in any case, she had her last round. She rang the bell. If any of you uh, cancer patients um, know about the bell when you leave your when you leave the uh, chemo ward, man, what a fucking awkward place that is. Now, I don't know. It's not that awkward. Everybody's in there for the same reason, but they everybody's sitting like right next to each other, getting the treatments and you're sitting there with other people's family. It's just, I don't know. It's kind of odd. I mean, at least I didn't have to sit in the chair. I'm not, I'm not really complaining, but, but, uh, it is everything that is cracked up to be <laughs> just awkward, terrible, um, depressing, you know, all of those things. And, uh, and yeah, so went through that. We got through that. And now we're here to today. Everything looked good. Everything was on track. She had a surgery today. And uh, I still haven't seen her. And before you call me an asshole, <laughs> hear me out, okay? 
for the past two or three weeks, this has been talked about as being on a Friday this week. It's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday. Okay, fine. I work Monday through Thursday. Right? I'm off Fridays. Uh, this particular Friday, I didn't have to do uh, sit with the baby or anything. My wife didn't have to go somewhere. So, so yeah, it was going to be great. We were going to have a whole day dedicated to it. Well, uh, last night, <laughs> I'm sitting at home eating a little dinner, and my mother's, you know, they're rushing around, getting things together, kind of cleaning up the house a little bit, my, my mother and father. And, uh, and I'm like, what, what is going on? What are you guys doing? Like, why are you doing this? I thought the thing was on Friday. And, and my mother said, no, it's tomorrow. I said, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> you know, all this time, I'm like, prepared for this thing. I'm excited. Uh, I definitely wanted to be there when she came out of anesthesia because that's, as anyone would know, who sat with someone who's coming out of anesthesia, um, that's when you're at your best in life ever, you know, if they could bottle that drug, you know, the, the, whatever the amount, if they could give you the amount of anesthesia that would just make you fucked up like that and not actually like knock you out. I think, uh, we would have a different opioids would be not even be a question. Oxycodone, whatever. No, give me some of that anesthesia because it's awesome. You know, you don't remember a whole lot of it. I'm speaking from experience, <clears throat> but, uh, but golly, some of the things you say and do, or, or, or the ideas that come to you are radical, man. They're the human brain just having a field day. <laughs> uh, if you sat with someone coming out of anesthesia or come out yourself and someone took a video of it or told you about it. Holler at me. Let me know. I want to know what you were talking about. I want to know what fun things that uh, you were thought were so important <laughs> then. And uh, yeah, send them. Send them along. Tell me what. Uh, tell me your story. Excuse me. All right. Uh, <clears throat> so in any case, it comes down to today. I had to work because by the time she told me this, it's like nine o'clock at night. And there's no way I can get off work the next day. So I just went ahead and went to work today like a boob. Like a fucking cancer boob. <coughs> oh, hard at work. Cancer boobs. Um, and so, yeah, now I'm off. And as soon as I'm done with this little bit of thing here, I had some, some switch over, some things I had to do at the house. So... She's attended to, everybody's with her. I'm going to go up and see her in just a few minutes uh, as soon as I get done with this little shoe. And, um, and yeah, you know, I'll keep you guys updated if you want, you know. I'll see. Uh, I might have some follow-up uh, uh, <coughs> updates. What am I trying to say? Fuck. I need, a, I need to get in a class or do something to learn how to talk better because I can talk. I just can't talk well. I can talk and talk and talk and talk. But uh, I have a very difficult time, especially when I'm trying to talk by myself in an empty room like this one. <laughs> Talking to you guys, which is no one, because that's how podcasts work. 
Uh, I just sound like a dumbass. I don't know. Maybe that's me. Maybe that's, maybe you don't think so. Or maybe you do. Let me know. I still haven't heard from a single goddamn person on this whole thing. So, holla. Anyway, uh, next up, I'm going to do this uh, article so you guys know what you should and shouldn't say to a breast cancer patient. We'll be right back. So since <clears throat> my mother's cancer went well and now she's on the road to recovery, we can uh, start in with the jokes again. Or not, I don't know. My mother's pretty good at taking taking jokes or uh, telling jokes. I, I, you know, I love jokes. Uh, just none of them seem to come out on this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, but jokes... Probably kept to a minimum if your friend or family member comes to you and says, uh, oh, I have uh, I've been diagnosed with cancer. This specifically focuses uh, this article, what you should and, should and shouldn't say to a breast cancer patient, obviously focuses on breast cancer, but uh, this is kind of cancer in general. Okay. So, this lady... This is on uh, fredhutch.org. This lady, Diane Mapes, or Maps, M-A-P-E-S. Anyway, she writes, When a doctor told me five and a half years ago that I had invasive lobular breast cancer and would probably be losing both breasts and who knows what else, I thought it was the most wretched thing I'd ever heard in my life. At least I did until I started sharing my diagnosis with others and was told things like, <clears throat> yeah, my aunt had that. She died a horrible death. Or look on the bright side. You could get hit by a bus tomorrow. I don't know why I did that accent for that, but it sounds like uh, an accent some stupid person would have that says something like this. <laughs> look on the bright side, man. Bus. You could be in a plane crash. Uh, are comments like this meant to be hurtful? Absolutely not. But they can be, especially when someone is at the shaky, shell shock start of their cancer journey. Um, this is what I'm talking about. The dry mouth, uh, just heads in a spin, you know, don't know how, what or how this is going to play out. You know, because at that at the early point when they first called and said, "Oh, we found something. We want to do a biopsy." Uh, it's kind of concerning that uh, that really takes a takes a wind out of just about everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's fucking terrible. So don't joke don't joke with these people uh, if it's just happened. Probably shouldn't. <laughs> Moving forward from that. People make comments that are well-intended, but often come from a place of awkwardness, discomfort, and even fear. This is uh, Leslie Heron, nurse practitioner. I try to remember they mean well, even if they say something insensitive. 
Breast cancer patients know that their loved ones are worried too and that none <clears throat> and that none of us is exactly profound when we're confused, stressed, or scared. Wondering what not to say to someone who's received breast cancer diagnosis? First one up, they're just boobs. It's not like you need them. Your kids are all grown. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> some women, it's, uh, it's part of their femininity, you know, their sexuality. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, losing them has, has got to be devastating. Uh, the aftermath can impact your self-image, sex life, relationships with others, including your children. That's got to be hard if you got young children. And day-to-day -day life, clothes don't fit right. Yeah, shit, you're lopsided. Or, uh, I mean, a lot of women's clothes are made to have that, like, bulge in the front, you know. So now you got to go down a size in clothing or wear men's clothing or something. I don't know. I can't imagine. Minimizing minimizing max little minimizing mastectomy by telling someone they're just losing boobs implies they're being shallow. They're not. You're being in. You're being an insensitive clod. What do you say instead? I'm so sorry that you have to go through this. You know, mastectomy can be very difficult. I'm here to support you. You know, these things, these things what to say instead, almost every single one of these things is uh, kind of more common sense, you know, and very, very sensitive, I'll say. While they're showing insensitive, they're also showing very sensitive. You know, you don't have to uh, be this person, but it is nice. This is a very common or a very plain way nice way of saying things without whatever. I'm so sorry that you have to go through this. Uh, another one, particular people who've gone through chemo and lose hair. It's just hair. It'll grow back in no time. Think all the money you'll save on shampoo. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Believe it or not, remarks like these are intended to make cancer patients feel better. Instead, they come off as glib or callous. Because the folks who say them have never lost their hair to chemo don't have a clue how long it takes to grow hair back. And would never dream of shaving their own head in solidarity. Now, I've had a shaved head before. Not in solidarity, but uh, but I have done it. All the way down to the quick, man. I look scary. Uh, uh, like partially old man, partial don't. Fuck with that guy. <laughs> he looks intimidating as hell. I have a pretty good head for it. So uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully I get cancer. No, that's the worst thing to say. Good God. Why am I? Why do they let me do this? Why do they let me talk on these things? I'm just saying if I had cancer, I would look mean and not meaner than I looked sad, I think. Uh, this is all speculation. But, uh, Here's the deal. 
hair, eyelashes, and eyebrows don't hold the same value for everyone, but some BC, this is our term, BC, uh, patients losing yet another aspect of their femininity, their individuality, and for some, their defining look can be extremely difficult. What do you say instead? Would you like to talk about the hair loss? I can't imagine how hard that must be. I mean, isn't that what I just said? Like, I can't imagine. In the, in the one before, I can't imagine having to shop for different clothes because I'm missing a part of my body. Like, think about the people that go through, um, I mean, this is, a, this is akin to an amputation, you know? Amputees out there, holler at me. Tell me the struggle. Another one, Zinger. You get a free boob job. <laughs> I don't know a breast cancer patient who hasn't heard some version of this gem. Uh, sure, people say this, who say this are often just trying to put a positive spin on a bad situation. Playing up what they feel is the fun part of breast cancer. As if any part of cancer could be fun. <laughs> she puts it in quotes. Fun. Uh, but others simply don't know the difference between augmentation, reconstruction, so on. <laughs> Whether it's ignorance and insensitivity or bad case of foot and mouth disease, telling breast cancer patient how lucky they are to be getting bigger, better, perkier boobs is right up there with telling a sarcoma patient how lucky they are to lose a leg because now they can become a quote-unquote blade runner. Not cool, she says. I like this lady. Ugh. Not cool, okay? And this is what, I, and that's, you know, I was just saying that uh, about amputees. You know, that's, if someone was going to lose a leg or an arm, hey, you'd be lighter, you could, okay, like, I'm just, I'm just trying to come up with these jokes, and they're all terrible, I don't know, they're all terrible, and, I mean, you, uh, this is precluding that you're actually going to get a, a reconstruction, a replacement. Or replacement boobs, you know? A lot of women just opt, just cut them off, you know? Or cut it off, just don't even, don't fuck with it anymore. I've been through enough. I think that's where my mother's at. I don't think she's going to spring for any kind of reconstruction or anything. I mean, she's fucking 67 years old, I think. <clears throat> A little bit past, uh, you know, working at the titty bar, so... Yeah, so not really going to be getting a reconstruction there, and a lot of people don't uh, don't opt for you know opt not to get a reconstruction. You know, it's uh, when you lose something that's part of your identity like that. I feel like you know if if you were to do a reconstruction, 
some people, for some people, it helps them cope, I think. But for other people, I think it would just hinder them from, from coping because, and I, I mean, I, this is all speculation. Again, I will say this a thousand times. I'm sorry to anyone if I, if I'm being insensitive, uh, or if this brings up something uncomfortable for you, you know, come back and listen to this at a different time, maybe when it's not so, um, sensitive and, and maybe I'll be close to funny. This is, <laughs> this is like the worst. I'm trying to read an article, uh, or, or overview an article of not making jokes about the situation. And I'm trying to make jokes like a fucking asshole. Oh, send your hate mail in, please. Uh, I can't get anyone else to send anything in. Please send your hate mail. Tell me how much, how insensitive I'm being. Because, uh, because that would mean that I have someone to talk to <laughs> at all. I will profusely apologize to you because I am a dumbass. And I don't know what I'm talking about. But if to say, maybe you can answer this question. If you had, ladies, if you had a, uh, let's just say one breast removed. Would it be, do you think it would be easier for you to cope if you had a reconstruction done, you know, especially if you're a little older, like my mother's age, they would have had to like lift the other one to make them not look super lopsided. So, I mean, it's a lot of work. It involves, uh, multiple, uh, uh additional surgeries if you want to go through all that. So that's a big deal right there. But do you think it would help in building like a new identity? Because this changes fundamentally. I don't think I've ever met someone who went through breast cancer, who that's not now a part of their identity as a, as a person, as a human being is part of their story. I know it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. But I mean, uh, the people who seem to do the best with it are the people who fucking own it. You know, the people who are like, uh, like, yeah, this is my story. Not a, not a woe is me, not a struggler, but someone who is like, this fucking came at me and I handled it. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I earned my fucking trophy. You should get a trophy. You should get a trophy. This is not a, 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 a participation deal. You know, you either walk away from this or you don't. That's those are the those are the uh, that's the fifty fifty on this. You know, <clears throat> but uh, do you think it would be easier to build on your let's say new identity to not get it done? You know, that's more kind of edgy, if you will. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. Like I said, please, please send me info of how shitty I am. Um, oh, and here, I'm talking about odds. Here we go. What are your odds? What stage are you? Are you, like, dying? I got the odds question a lot when I was first diagnosed. And at first, I dutifully told even casual acquaintances what my oncologist had told me. Yeah, you want to tell the story. You want to, it's like, 
something is comforting in just saying it over and over again. I know um, when I had my back surgery before that and I was in like a shitload of pain, it was kind of nice to be like, oh man, you know, this is fucking killer. Here's the whole deal. You know, I tell a fucking life story. I'm long-winded anyway. But, uh, but yeah. It says, after a while, though, I stopped. If someone asked what stage I was, I'd tell them stage WTF, because truly that's how I felt. <laughs> or I'd just tell them it was none of their business. None of your damn business. Um... <clears throat> there's a very narrow group of people who deserve to have some idea about this so they can help support you said dr julie grelo grelo it's an oncologist at fred hutch uh, but for the average friend or more per peripheral person it's up to the cancer patient to divulge what they want they let they'll let you know if they want to share. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, don't feel like uh, if you're suffering with this out there, don't feel like you have to say shit to anyone. No, you don't know anyone a thing. You know. Um. Yeah, narrow group of people who deserve to have some some idea about this so they can help support you yeah because i mean like if you're just meeting somebody in the street you know you walked in to get a fucking five minute hot and ready five dollar hot and ready pizza and someone's like oh you know your hair's gone what are your odds you know that's fucking i don't know who would say that but i can imagine some someone being like i ain't like dying or like step away from you because they're think they're gonna catch it or something <sighs> any case last one it's your fault did you ever use deodorant forget to have kids take birth control pills well brought it on yourself man if you're a member of the cancer club you're probably already beating yourself up for something yeah no shit super stressful job you didn't quit with those 20 pounds you forgot to lose. Last thing you need is extra blame and shame from some self-righteous blowhard who thinks they've cracked the code on your cancer. Or simply wants to... <laughs> uh, or simply wants to forward some pet theory and in parentheses it says, No, Gwyneth, bras do not cause cancer. <laughs> The bottom line, breast cancer strikes women who are young and old, short and tall, thin and heavy. Meat eaters, vegetarians, couch potatoes, and athletes. It even strikes men. Oh, shit. Gonna have to, another thing I gotta have checked out. I really gotta get to the doctor. This is, this is how it starts, you know. This is, uh, you don't go to the doctor, or you avoid it, or you don't tell your doctor what's going on, or some shit. And then before you fucking know it, you're uh, getting your affairs in order, you know? 
but you know, don't beat yourself up. If you've never been to the doctor and now you got a diagnosis, dude, don't even worry about it. Just, uh, you're here now. Deal with what you got. Do what you got to deal with. Um, don't contribute to a patient's burden by telling them what they should should or shouldn't have done to prevent the disease. Yeah, like you can prevent it. Like I'm saying, walk around. Who's who's fucking who fucking doesn't know someone who has cancer or has had cancer or has met someone who had or has cancer? You know, it's like every single fucking person's family that I know of has somebody who's gotten the cancer. So what to say instead, I am so sorry to hear about your diagnosis and I'm here for you during treatment. Is Tuesday a good night to bring by dinner? Hello? Richie. What's up? Oh, are you recording out here? Mm-hmm. No worries. I thought she was going to, yeah, I thought she was going to do something else. Okay. Okay. Uh, you can't be sick. You look great. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure you have cancer? <laughs> Are you sure? I don't know. There are probably some fucked up people out there who would walk around and be like, oh, I have cancer just to, you know, like these guys that go around and wear fatigues and scam money off of people saying they were vets and they never even fucking did anything. I equate these those two situations. But, you know, that's bad juju. I don't think anybody... I haven't ever, I've seen people in fatigues pretending to be soldiers or, or veterans, but I don't think I've ever met anyone who was faking cancer. That's bad juju, you know, to, to, uh, I don't know. I'm not superstitious, but that's just like put some bad, <laughs> that's some bad stuff going on out there. Cause when, you know, when you inevitably get it, like we're all going to get it. Um, yeah, who's going to fucking, you cried wolf. Who's going to come in and be like, oh, hey, uh, can, is Tuesday a good night to bring by dinner? Sorry to hear about your diagnosis. No, people are not going to say that. They're going to be like, fuck you. You deserve this fucking ass cancer that you got because you're a douchebag. Um... Just because a breast cancer patient doesn't, quote unquote, look sick, i.e. bald, thin, pale, dressed in PJs, and possibly pushing around an IV pole doesn't mean that they're not very sick indeed. Now, friends, my... Might be followed by three days of bed rest, a much less common Facebook share. They're like, oh, I saw you on Facebook. Uh, you look great. You sure? Are you sure? You sure you get cancer? Yeah. And you don't see the fucking days afterwards where they're just like emaciated in bed because they came out and hung out with you because they are a good friend and want to do things with their friends. And here you are you know, questioning if they even fucking... Whatever. Uh, still, this phrase tumbles out of people's mouths so often, you can actually buy a t-shirt that says, I don't look sick and you don't look dumb. Yet here we are. 
Uh, what to say instead? How are you feeling this week? How about I come by on Saturday and clean your house? Wow, this lady is, she's not only saying, you know, she's not only saying what to say instead of something stupid and putting your foot, foot in your mouth, but she's also like slyly slipping in these, uh, these, uh, supportive things like, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, okay. Can I bring you food? It's Tuesday. Good night. It's Saturday. Can I come clean your house on Saturday? Can I, when's your next doctor's appointment? Can I drive you there? <laughs> uh, all more power to her, you know? Uh, and then finally get over it. You need to just, you need to just let go. Just move on and quit dwelling on it. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know. These things, I just can't believe somebody would say something like this. This comment is more about the person saying it than about you. So, yes, two super self-centered assholes are like, okay, can we get back to uh, talking about anything else? More likely me instead of you. Uh, unfortunately, it's never really over for many breast cancer patients. You go back to their oncologist every few months for checkups and tests. Hello, scanxiety. Scanxiety. Anxiety from scans. Scans and scans and scans. Yeah. There's always a chance the cancer will return. Never totally out of the woods. Get your scans. Ladies, get your scans. Um, what to say instead? I've heard that cancer changes everything. Help me understand what you're going through. These are all great suggestions. I'm not dogging this lady. You know, you should fucking, if you're going to go, uh, make some comment to a friend of yours, don't make it a fucking joke. Make it something, you know, if they make jokes, you, you can laugh. You let them lead with the jokes. You're not the comedian. No one asks you to light in the room. Just say hello. Just say, uh, <clears throat> help me understand. Just say, how are you feeling? Let them make the jokes. I think that's what this comes down to. I think that's the lesson learned today. You can all take that home from this, like, long-ass segment. This was a long article. But, yeah. Something that I have a terrible time with, just keeping my fucking mouth shut. <laughs> oh, and it's been open for way too long. So, um, <clears throat> let me tell you about a friend of mine here in this next segment who, uh, who had a father going through cancer. I met him very, uh, hung out with him a few times. Very nice guy. <clears throat> She tells her story coming up uh, in the next segment. So, yeah. Let me know what you think about this. Like, seriously, you know, if you have cancer or have had cancer, uh, I know you're out there. And I know that uh, at least if you, you know someone with cancer, I know you're out there as well. Holler at me. Send me your jokes and pet theories so that you don't fucking say it to somebody with cancer. How about that? Get your best jokes out on me. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's move on. 
I, I really want to tell you about this. So uh, let's go. Okay, so I don't want to make this uh, segment too long because the last one was fucking long. Man, I didn't realize how long that article was or how long I went on about it. But in any case, uh, I just want to tell you guys about this other um, this friend of mine who um, she's been on a journey. She's an artist, very smart, uh, wonderful person, <clears throat> Rachel Marie. It's odd because I haven't called her that. <laughs> I, I rarely have ever called her that. Um, anyway, I won't tell you a little backstory, but I know this this girl very personally. Um, we've had many, many long talks, uh, as even about this subject, about cancer, about uh, about her struggle, about her dad. Um, her dad passed away. I want to say a little over a year ago. And, uh, and yeah, she has done something that most people are just super jealous of. She's traveled the entire country. She took off and drove and drove and drove. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, has really done some amazing things. Um, she's done something that a lot of people will never realize, and uh, that's finding herself, finding her home, finding her peace um, with herself. I mean, I think we can all agree it's super fucking difficult to even figure out what you're about, let alone try to get in on a conversation about how the government should run or what, who's starving in what country or, you know, being on the goddamn pickup basketball team. I don't know. There's so many fucking things in this life that, that, uh, that you worry about that you get distracted from. And, uh, sometimes it takes driving to all 50 States over two years, um, without having all of those things in your life, <laughs> the day to day crazy things, um, that we all have, you know, to just find, what we're all looking for, you know? So, uh, this, go ahead and write this down. I'm going to put a, a link to this in the description of this episode so that y'all, if you can't, if you, if you can't push pause or rewind and listen to this website, I'm going to give you, it'll be on there. So you can just copy and paste it for all you lazy fat fingered motherfuckers. <laughs> Uh, why am I insulting the like one person that li listens to this? But anyway, the website is uh, www.thelongestdance.com. Thelongestdance.com forward slash the afterlife forward slash Rachel Marie. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-M-A-R-I-E. -E, Rachel Marie. Uh, and you'll get, this is a blog here. Um, but, uh, this, this woman, Colleen Cavanaugh, um, uh, <clears throat> hosts this, uh, podcast called the, the afterlife. 
She does a lot of interviews with people. It's definitely, like I said, way better produced than this. I'm sorry for how terrible the quality is on this podcast. But if you go listen to this other one, just go ahead and go right now. As soon as this episode's over, just pop on over, listen to this one. It's, uh, let's see. How long is this? I don't know. It's probably about 30 minutes long or so. And, uh, wow, man. They unpack some stuff. The word beautiful is thrown around a whole lot. Uh, which isn't my thing, but it, it doesn't matter. This is, uh, this is a great conversation. Um, some great insights that, like I said, most people don't ever take the time or allow themselves the time to have these thoughts. And, um, and I'm glad my great friend, Rachel has had those, that time made that time for herself. Uh, and she's talking about it on here and, uh, on this podcast, and I, when I listen to this, and I don't know if this is, you can tell me if you go listen to this, I don't know if it's because I know her and I know, knew her dad, um, but listening to this at certain points, I, I bawled, like, this was not safe for work. I listened to it at work and literally was trying not to cry in front of my coworkers because of how meaningful and how... Um, I'm not a, I'm not a religious person. I wouldn't say I'm an atheist. Uh, I'm not even that, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't call myself any one thing. Um, but that's not to preclude, you know, I'm not the kind of person that's just like never thought about it. I've put a lot of thought into it and that's why I'm this way. But, um, I'm not spiritual or anything like that, but some of the, uh, just coincidences and, um, interesting symbolism in her story, man, it just, it's good. It's great. And it'll get you. So, um, if you're a survivor, if you're a person who has had a family member, uh, maybe a parent that's passed on, uh, if it's been recent, like I said, you might want to give this a little more time, but um, but yeah, this is a very interesting uh, conversation that Colleen Cavanaugh and my friend Rachel Marie have on this podcast. So I, I definitely wanted to just, uh, I'm not going to unpack anything. They do such a great job. I couldn't really even tell you in any kind of detail probably because I was crying so much and, you know, couldn't retain it. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going to be listening to this again uh, to kind of soak it in a little more. But goodness gracious, this is some, this is a good conversation. So do yourself a favor. Go listen to Rachel Marie, uh, The Afterlife, episode number 30 from March 13th. Yeah, this was two days ago. I listened to it yesterday. So yeah, go do yourself a favor, listen to this podcast. It's not, you know, this this episode here on Absolutely Nothing Going On, I know it got a little serious this week, talking about cancer. It's a very serious thing, but I told you about when and where and how and who jokes are appropriate for. So 
Uh, at least I got that kind of <laughs> that kind of angle. I'm not making the jokes. I'm just going to tell you who can make them and when they're acceptable. But, uh, yeah, go listen to this podcast. Tell me what you thought. Tell me what you thought of it. Tell her what you thought. There are all her links and everything in there. Um, you can find her on uh, Instagram at uh, PhotoGypsy, I think is her deal. But, uh, yeah, in any case, I think that should just about do it for our show today. I'm going to go ahead and um, do some no thanks, and then we'll uh, fucking get the hell out of here. All right, so uh, thanks for joining us today. Just a little no thanks. <laughs> I don't even know who to say no thanks to today. I would probably say the biggest, the top one being cancer. So, uh, cancer, mm, no thanks. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants you. Nobody wants you around. So, no fucking thanks to you. I will say thanks to um, Florida Hospital Winter Park, which is where I'm headed here in just a few minutes, uh, for uh, pulling off a uh, surgery without a hitch. Wonderful. Uh, the oncologist surgeons uh everything's gone better than expected so um so thank you to those folks for helping this uh move on along thank you to mccoy for letting me be a part of the band no thanks to my buddy who got me into it and then quit and then it was like super awkward because he organized literally everything (laughs) so no thanks, Sam. We're still friends. We're still really good friends. I just video chatted with him the other day, but uh, that band could have had something, but uh, we'll never know. But now he's doing some better shit anyway, so. I digress. That's my favorite. I think that's uh, one of my favorite word on this. No thanks to my limited vocabulary for giving me the phrase I digress to say over and over shout over and over at poor unsuspecting podcast listeners. So I digress. I digress. Okay. Uh, well, that should just about do it here for our show today, Thursday, 15th of March. The March madness is coming up. I'm not even going to talk about that. Fuck that. I'll get to that on another show. Fuck that. Fuck cancer. You guys have a fucking great night, day, night, wherever you are. where Wherever you are and however you are, be a good one. And keep your fucking cancer jokes to yourself, okay? Cool? Even if you're going to say one in public, I'm sure there's someone standing around who's affected. So, I don't want to be like the censor. I'm not telling you don't say it. I'm just saying don't be an asshole, Okay? And keep the uh, questions, comments, concerns rolling in. I should stop saying keep because at this point there's been nothing. So uh, (laughs) start rolling in those comments, questions, and concerns uh, here on... uh... Oh, I almost forgot. No thanks to Anchor FM 
Anchor.fm for letting us keep doing this. Anchor.fm forward slash A-N-G-O for absolutely nothing going on podcast. Uh, You can check it out there or anywhere you get your podcast media. Uh, and, uh, hit me up Richard Ometry on the, man, why am I, ha- why do I have such a problem with this? Probably because I picked stupid fucking handles and now I'm just stuck with it. Uh, at Richard Ometry on the, uh, Instagram and at Richard Ometry on the tweetsies, the tweetsters, Conway Tweety, reach out. Reach out, oh, reach out to me. All right, I gotta go. I gotta go see how my mama's doing. Let's hang it up there. I'm sure she's like all fucking drugged up and everything. So I'm letting it, letting it ride since I had to do this sh- work today. That's what she gets, you know, for uh, switching the day on me. Last, literally last fucking minute. So I'm gonna go say hey to her and. uh... I'd love to say hey to you guys, and I'll say it. Hey! See you guys tomorrow. Peace!